yeah. What's up, bitches? How are we doing tonight? What's good? Hey. As everyone comes in, I'm Isaiah. I'm Quincy. We got the service host for tonight. Yes, sir. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna give it a second. We're gonna let people come in real quick. I think we got in here a little bit early, maybe. Uh, let's see. Maybe we can do two family time questions today. Two? Actually, no, no. Let's not. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah. All right, so. There's a little preface to our family time question today. It's going to have to do with losing some of your senses, basically. Yeah. So really quick right now, not currently, but has anyone had COVID yet? Yeah? Okay. So this question will probably be meant for you guys, especially then. So really quick, you want to give it, give up the question. I think they're ready, yeah. We got enough people now. Okay, I got you. So the question is, would you rather lose your sense of taste or your sense of smell? Taste or smell? Everyone stand up to your feet, talk to the people around you. Everyone go, stand go, go, go. up, ask them that question. Take your seats. Is everybody here? Oh, there's oh, yeah. There you are. Unless. Hi, everyone. So who here would rather lose your uh, sense of taste? Oh, okay. Decent little amount. Who would rather lose your smell now? Oh, okay, wow. That was a smell. Yeah, that was a lot more. <laughs> okay, but if you think about it, if you lose your smell, can you still taste? Because if you plug your nose, you can't taste anything technically. Uh, that's true. I don't know. But <laughs> if you plug your nose, on, you can't taste anything. So do you lose both then? Out. Well, no. Okay, well, maybe. But I still lose the smell rather than taste. But All right, y'all. You guys know what's up next? We got to shoot your shot. All right, so the three contestants that I picked, please come to the front and onto the stage. right here. And one more. There he is. righty, y'all. So as they come up, if you guys don't know how to play, really quickly, we got that hoop way back there in the back. 
Then we're going to give each other three shots. We got three contestants. They each get three shots. If they make it, they win $55 this week. If no one makes it, the prize money keeps going up. Five more dollars. Give you $60 next week, y'all. Who wants to go first? Right. Who wants to go first? I think our man's out right, here. Go first. Right. Say your name and we'll get you started. I'm Tristan. All right, perfect. Good. All right, give it up for Tristan. Bounce at least once. Oh, buddy. Oh! <laughs> All right, you got two more. You got two more tries. Targeting you in the blue shirt. <laughs> oh. That was close. For $55, last shot right here for you. Ah! Nice shot, right. Tristan. Thank you. All thank right. you for playing. All right, next up we got... Kay. Yeah. All right, Kay, let's see what you got. Oh, he's chucking that thing. Oh! <laughs> oh, you hey, got it, bro. You're good, you're All right, good. two more. That was your practice shot. <laughs> you can try it underhand, too. Blue they don't like you over there. <laughs> All right, Kay, this is your last shot. Oh, oh. <laughs> For the ball. Actually gets stuck. Alright, Cade. Last shot. You got your two test throws. Let's see you make this one. Fifty-five dollars. <laughs> That's the key point to hit you in the blue shirt. Right well, we might have to tip off like this like get section. Yeah. Like next time. Alright, and last but not least, we got Taylor. Alright, Taylor, let's see your shot. Two bounces, maybe? That was oh, okay. a, a little bit more power, bro. Woo! All right. All right, real quick. Boy, Jose, get up for Tanner real quick. Let's go! For $55! Oh! Dang. It's getting closer and closer every week. That was good. Uh, I wish. Sorry. <laughs> I give right, you a no. car, but I don't have the money. All right, so no one made it this week. Thank you guys for playing, by the way. That means next week we're going up to $60. Yeah, yeah, give him a hand. Give him a hand. So $60 next week. If you guys want to play, talk to us. Talk to the service house for next week. Uh, yeah, I'll take that ball. Sure. Throw that over here. Ooh, there you All go. Right. <laughs> All right, y'all. So next up, we got you guys with announcements. Next up, we got uh, summer summer camp registration, y'all. It's been open. It's been open just for a little bit now, but the spots are going, y'all. So you guys got to sign up quick. It's going to be Monday, July 25th to uh, Thursday, July 28th. So sign up now, guys. Spots are going quick still. You got to get it soon. You're going to want to go. Anyways, next up, promo Sunday this Sunday on June 5th, which also means for any incoming Fifth graders going into sixth grade. If you know anybody, I don't think they're in this room. They might be, but yeah, we're throwing a party for you guys. We're going to have donuts and everything. It's going to yeah. be so fun for you guys. It's going to be super uh, awesome to see all the new students coming in, guys. Be sure to welcome them, too, because they're probably going to be nervous. So be sure to be very welcoming of them. We're here to appreciate that. Get there at 1045. Yeah. All right, y'all. Next up, we got Bridge Kids Camp, guys. We have served at Bridge Kids before. Raise your hand real quick. Yeah. So also, raise your hand if you know how crazy it is, then. Yeah. <laughs> it's super crazy. It's a super awesome time, guys. And we need volunteers, guys. It's completely free. We appreciate any volunteers. If you're willing to help at all, talk to us. Talk to Corey. Um, just talk to any staff, really. We'll be able to get you guys the details. That is going to be June 30th, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. It's not too early. It's a little early, but you guys can wake up. You guys did that for all the school. You guys got this. June 27th to the 30th. Oh, yeah, my bad. Gotcha. <laughs> you got yeah, it. You're good. Thank you. But anyways, anyways, next. 
Leftover summer weekend merch is on sale after service at the back counter. Hopefully we have your size. Um, yeah. They actually went up to price like 150 for a shirt, but hopefully you have the money. Just kidding. Everyone has a summer weekend shirt. Stand up real quick so we can show everybody. Everyone stand up. Stand up. Let's see him. Yeah, we got a little model right here. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, y'all. Next up, we got our social media. Take out your phones. This is your one chance to take out your phones. Follow us at BridgeYTH underscore. We got Instagram. We got TikTok. Follow us to stay updated on everything Bridge Youth. Uh, info, giveaways, just everything Bridge Youth. Be sure to take a picture if you can't do it now. Bridge underscore. Yeah, giving. If you'd like to give, give in the back in the giving station. There's no uh, pressure to give. It's very much appreciated. We love you no matter what. And yeah, y'all know what time it is. Get to the front. Let's go. Let's worship. Yeah. Thank you. 
have been saved, who have just felt the touch of how good God is. Can I tell you, He's still here. He's still doing miracles. He's still so present in our lives. Can I tell you something? That is so great. That's so awesome. And I pray that you continue to be encouraged by that. But what does it matter if God does a miracle in your life and you forget it the next day? If God saves you and you feel His goodness and you see what the gospel really means, but then the next day you go back to living your life and you forget how good God is. The Israelites, God's people, they forgot what God did. They forgot how He brought them out of slavery. How they literally, how He literally walked them through a body of water. And they turned back to other gods and led them to destruction. God doesn't want that for you. God doesn't want you to forget how good He is. A lot of us, last summer weekend, and a lot of us were really encouraged and just grew closer to God. But a lot of us have forgotten. A lot of us just thought that was just a regular event, that God was there but not here. Can I tell you that God is still here? God still wants to speak to you. God still wants you to come closer to a relationship with Him. So my hope is tonight that it's just not another experience, that it's just not, well, I came to church today, so I'm good. No. I, I hope tonight that you be encouraged and you remember how good God has been to you. All the times where you shouldn't have been here, but God got you here. All the times where your family shouldn't have been saved, but He got them saved. All the times where you shouldn't have been saved, you shouldn't even be here. And God, in His mercy, brought you here today. Here at the bridge, we love it when our students pray. So can we bring up Emma to say a prayer for us? every single person here tonight. I pray that you pour your Holy Spirit over the room. I pray that you speak to us clearly tonight, Lord. I pray that you get rid of all distractions that the enemy tries to throw at us tonight, God, and that we are really able to focus and listen to the message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Can you get one more shot of praise for again the service? Woo! Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hey, if you head to your seats, give me a high five, two and a half people, you guys, you will, and just say,
What's up, Richie? How you guys doing tonight? Hey, come on. Who's graduating this week? Hey, who's already done with school? Who's about to be done with school? That's what's up. That's what I'm talking about. Come on, notes. Hurry up and load. Uh, hey, if you guys, uh, if you guys are new here, maybe it's your very first time ever coming and hanging out. Uh, maybe it's your first time here at our church. Maybe it's your first time at church ever. We just want to say welcome. Thanks so much for coming and joining us. Whether you're in the room or watching online, the other four people on the stage have their mics ready to help us welcome people the way that we welcome them every single week, which is by saying we're here to build you up, not beat you up. Yeah, yeah. We're so sure here. It's so great to have like other people on stage to help me with that. Um, yeah, so uh, we we love meeting new people. If you are new, do me a favor. Before you leave, um, say hi to somebody, link up with somebody, um, let them know you're new. We want to help connect you and all that. Also, I just want to say, like, tonight, it's not like the only night that we have, that we do church. Sunday mornings we do church as well. And we do connect groups. And connect groups are so special to us. They're so near and dear to our hearts. And so um, make sure that you guys hang out with us on Sundays as well. Because if not, you're only getting 50% of the Bridge Youth experience. And so, yeah. Thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us tonight. Hey, um, tonight's going to be a little bit different. As you can tell, there's five people on the stage, and I'm not up here by myself, uh, which usually I will be up here by myself right now, and we'll be getting into the message and the sermon, and I will, uh, I was going to say hoot and holler. Uh, I was going to say, and I hoot and ho- I'll, I'll be up here, hoot, I'll hoot and holler. Have you ever heard that thing? Yeah. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> I with what he says. <laughs> Kendall, do you hoot and holler when you preach? Anyways, um, but I'm not going to. What we're going to do is we're going to chat about um, the series that we've been in for the past month and summer weekend and all that God's done in the past month, all the way that God has challenged us and spoke to us and the things that he's done. Some of you are in this room because uh, last this last weekend you came to church for the first time and you gave your life to Jesus and you got saved and that was so dope. And, and you're kind of like, well... What's next? <laughs> um, to which, like, we're all kind of in that boat with you. Like, oh, oh what's next? You never know. Um, so we want to we wanna kind of, before we move on from this series, is sort of do a little recap. One of the things I think that we're kind of guilty of sometimes is, is being in a moment, being in a season, being in um, something like summer weekend or summer camp or youth convention, uh, or maybe it's a series where God really spoke to you or challenged you. And what can kind of happen is, like, we move on so quick, and we don't really take the time to reflect. Some of you, um, some who are on the stage right now, are graduating, like, tomorrow, yeah. Friday, or, or Saturday, or next week. And what's going to happen is, like, most of you will graduate and you'll move on into the next season of life, and you will not take the time to reflect on the last, well, like 12, 13 years of school that you just did. And for some of you, you're like, yeah, that's because I don't want to remember (laughs) the last 13 years of school. But um, when it comes to God things, I think sometimes we move on a little bit too quickly. So tonight what we're going to do is we're going to do a little bit of reflecting. We're going to do a little bit of looking back. And so before we dig into it all, um, eeny, meeny, miny, moe, Wyatt, would you open us in prayer? Of course. 
God, we just come before you. We thank you, Lord, for tonight. Lord, I pray that you would use each and every one of us um, to impact these students, Lord. I thank you, God, for these moments that we get to have together and in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. No prayer Amen. for the dolphins, huh? Here's the thing. You had your chance. Whether I pray for them or not, God's pr- it's probably not going to be answered. So <laughs> you're like, uh, I'm not going to waste. Not even God <laughs> can help the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> anyway, so moving on. Um, one of the things I think that we should do before we have a bunch of people that maybe you don't know um, talk to you is get to know them a little bit. So uh, let's do this. Why don't you share um, your name and an interesting fact about yourself? We'll start on this end with. Zay. Uh, okay, so I'm Zay. Uh, let's go Immediate crowd response. I love you guys. So, um, an interesting fact about me, my dad is actually a pastor. Yeah. So cool. I actually didn't know that until like, just that. a few months ago. Yeah, so uh, Liv, what's your name? My name's Liv. Another crowd favorite. Hopefully you guys don't get food. Just like that be a little sad. <laughs> and I'm a triplet. For those of you who don't know, my favorite of the triplets, actually, which I wrote on all three of your guys' cards. Kenneth. So my name's Kenneth, and I'm one of. Wait. <laughs> one person up front went. And uh, I'm one of six Macau siblings, and three of my siblings are adopted. There you go. Was that for me already? Um, my name is Wyatt. I uh, I don't really know an interesting fact about me, um, but I will say that Zay and I are both biological brothers. That's yeah. true. So what do you like? There's no cap there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Totally true. Biological brothers, uh, different moms, different dads. Um, <laughs> no, no, same thing. <laughs> same. <laughs> my uh, my name is Corey. Anybody who doesn't know me, uh, interesting fact. Uh, me. Claps there. Yeah. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying to move this. Stop, guys. Seriously, it's about the Lord, not me. Um, interesting fact about me: um, me lived. Cat Scrivenich and Jordan have matching water bottles, <laughs> and I just realized that like the other day. Um, all right, a couple more questions because I don't feel like the audience quite knows you guys yet. We'll kick off with Wyatt on this one. Wyatt, Canes or Chick Fil A? Oh my gosh. It's easy, Wyatt. There's, so easy, Wyatt. There's, a white, there's a right answer as well. I will say that. I would rather say answer. if I could, if it was like my last meal type of thing, and I had to pick either between Canes or Chick Fil A, I would have to go with Chick Fil A. Amen, brother. Amen. But last meal, you're just trying to get on God's good side. <laughs> Which one's better? I think. I think a better question is, what is your go-to Chick-fil-A sauce? Yeah, that's a good one. Or All right, sauce that too. All right, I'm a, mine is ketchup. Uh, I'm, I'm just kidding. No, you know which one's the best one? The best one, if you never tried it before, is called Honey Barbecue. Yeah, it's bomb. That was bomb. Mix the Honey Barbecue with the ranch. That's the next level. So, bomb. so good. Kenneth, Canes or Chick-fil-A? Easily Chick-fil-A. Easily. Canes is rejects chicken, in my opinion. <laughs> Go to sauce. I uh, just can't. Or, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like chick sauce. Chick over cane sauce. I don't like cane it's sauce. Chick fil A. Oh, sorry, Chick fil A. You know, all the time that over her long life, she will she will save by saying chick and not Chick fil A. Yes, Probably like seventeen it. seconds. <laughs> Chick fil A or cane? Uh, Chick fil A. Okay, all right, we're all safe then. Go to sauce. Amen. Um, so you guys are gonna kill me for this, but I'm the most generic, basic person. I don't catch up. You really? Is it actually? Why I said that as a joke? No, I'm, I'm so serious. Really? I just don't like sauces like that. Okay. What? Yeah. I, I really hate to break it to you. There's a, like a, um, like a sweet and spicy, like, sriracha type sauce that they have, and it's so bomb. Yeah. And Epic Wings has a, wi- uh, has wings, like, uh, with fries that are smothered in that. Bro, it's so good. Food will always come back to wings for me. Um, alright. If, uh... If there was a movie made about your life, what actor or actress would play you? Kenneth McCall. Denzel Washington. <laughs> you said that easiest, so quick. Easiest question I've ever been asked in my life. <laughs> okay. Liz. I have no idea. Come on! Michael Denzel Washington. <laughs> what actress would play you? Think about it. Zay Wyatt. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart? Kevin Hart! Kevin Hart. <laughs> He's like four feet He's too short. That, okay, but he's funny. <laughs> he he is said hilarious. Hilarious. I want to be hilarious. hilarious. What? As a joke, I would really want to say Denzel Washington. Yeah. But in all honesty, I would probably have to say Zac Efron. Yeah, that's actually true. <laughs> okay, can you name a single bad Denzel Washington movie? Like, that, that dude only produces gold. Like, he's so good. He's maybe one of the best of our time. Who would, who, who would play you? My wife would want to say Andrew Garfield because she loves that dude a little <laughs> too much. You want to know, okay, this is nothing, keep thinking who your actress is. This has nothing to do with anything we're talking about tonight other than the fact that I thought of Andrew Garfield and I thought immediately, some of my ADHD work, I thought Andrew Garfield, he played Spider-Man in the second best Spider-Man series that's been created. Tell me McGuire, that guy sucked. He was a terrible Spider-Man. That whole series is trash. And then I thought, but you know who's the best? Tom Holland. Tom Holland's the best Peter Parker for sure. No doubt about it. This is how my ADHD works. And then I got to, oh, you know what's hilarious? For some reason, Kenneth McCall and I could not figure out why this was the case, but our Bridge Youth Instagram Explore page is literally nothing but Tom Holland stuff. It's all Tom Holland stuff. Literally everything. So me and, me and Kenneth were like, you know what? Let's go all in and all out on this. Let's just go and make sure to click like every single Tom Holland post we see I think when we're on our explore page. I genuinely think it's because our media team is ran by very capable high school girls. <laughs> is it? Wait, media team? We got our eyes on you. Um, all right, Liv, do you have a response yet? Um, I don't, but the squad said Kristen Bell. Yeah! For sure I can see it. All right, this is a really big one. Um, what is one of your bucket list items. One bucket list item. I want to swim with great whites in Guadalupe Island, Mexico. That's really specific. Yes. Have you dreamed about that? Yes. 
I am Perfect. a shark fanatic, and great whites are my favorite of all the sharks, and I would die to do the shark cages. And I would maybe die doing the shark cages. <laughs> but it would be worth it. You might. Why? Any bucket list. You know, um, the only thing on my bucket list is to be saved. Come on. Please save the devil. No, but in, you don't in, stop. in a very materialistic way, I would love to go to Paris. Yeah? Yeah. Paris is dope. I was underwhelmed by Paris, so not to like, you know, rain on your bucket list. Hey, rain, but Paris right looks tight, but oh, not as dirty. There, Paris is dirty. Yeah. Okay. But beautiful. Sorry, but guys. Way to discourage my wishes, right? Okay. I mean, you know, you know, one of the reasons why I was like, ah, oh, Paris, like, uh, I don't know, is when I went to the Eiffel Tower, you couldn't really walk under most of, well, you could, but everybody was spitting off the Eiffel Tower. Everybody. It's like raining French spit. Okay. Yeah. I'll change so my like, answer then. Um, uh, change my answer to, uh, 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 I don't you know. know what? I meant Paris, California. Yeah. yeah that's right. Lake Paris. With an um, e. Is that a bucket list item? Uh, going skydiving. Yes, yeah. let's go, dude. Because I went like into like little air simulator thing and like like probably two years ago, and I probably want to go again. Yeah, like actually skydiving. Yeah. Though. Who would go skydiving? Who's like heck no, baby? Keep these feet on the ground. Okay. All right, then. <laughs> it's not really that possible anymore. But I, when I was a kid, I used to want to be on Oprah. <laughs> that was on my bucket list. This is probably the closest I'll ever get to being an Oprah. Am I Oprah? <laughs> in this, in this okay. scenario, everybody check under your seat. You don't get a car. You don't get a car. And you. All right, uh, Liv. I was going to say skydiving too. Skydiving? But like in like Hawaii or like somewhere like rad. You trying to go together? Let's go. 18, 18th birthday? Yes, sir. Who wants to? Who's who's over 18 that would go skydiving with us? What legitimately? Uh, dude, this is like. Should we like actually do this? Like, should we book out like Elsinore or something? Birthday. <laughs> dude, that might be so sick, Kenneth. But you'll have to jump because we need media. Bridget, you skydiving. Bridget, take Kawhi. Wait, Angelina, would you would you skydive? Never mind, we don't need you. Okay. <laughs> um, all right, perfect, perfect, perfect. Okay, last question. We'll maybe get to know you the best with this question right here. Zombie apocalypse happens. Mm-hmm. You need to pick three people to go with you in the zombie apocalypse. These are only three. You'll naturally assume that the rest of your people are dead. You have to pick, hear me, you have to pick one person on this stage. You need to pick one person in the audience, and you need to pick one person who is not here right now. Oh, my gosh. Um, is it like... To survive? These, yes, these okay. are the people you're surviving the zombie apocalypse with. I right now have to say, I'll start, you guys think, on stage, love you guys, I'm picking Wyatt Stacks. Okay? Yeah. Um, That's logical. <laughs> Zay would be my second choice, but he's still slightly injured. Okay? Um, Who would be a third? Definitely live. <laughs> <laughs> I was just testing if you were you would. Easily. Um, in the audience, I... Uh, that's tough. A tough one. Um, gosh. Maybe, maybe Josiah, because he rides bulls. He really legitimately, he's a bull rider, and he would serve, he probably, he's got some survival in him. And he wears cowboy boots, so. Uh, not in this room right now. My wife is actually at our niece's uh, graduation, so she's not in the room right now, but I'm not picking her, because she would die in five minutes. Um, probably, probably my older brother, Josh, because he is a survivor. Um, Kenneth. 
On the stage, I pick you. Sorry. Come on now. In the audience, I pick my boy Evan right there. Evan? Let's go. I was going to pick and Evan. You were waiting for that. Too bad. <laughs> Too and, bad. Uh, <laughs> not in here, I'd probably pick Kevin. Who's Your brother? Smart. Yeah, yeah that's a solid pick, honestly. No, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> 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 you don't know. Maybe. True. Um... To not inflate his ego too much, I would pick Zay. That's fair. No, 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 because I don't want to. I don't want to just my ego. ego. But here's the thing, though. I would pick you first, though, Zay, and then a close second would be Corey. Okay, and then probably Liv, and then probably Kenneth. Um, out, out in the audience, with, as soon as Corey asked that, I looked over to my wife Miranda, and she said. <laughs> so I'm not going to feel bad not picking her, right? We're both going to the same place, baby. Come on. Um, I would have to pick... Um, There's some good shoot. Shoot. I don't know. Pick me, my lord. Okay, so I'm going to go Zay... Her over there. Whoever um, the junior high girl is over there. No, I'll probably pick Quinton. I think I'll pick Quinton. That's a good choice. And then not in this room, I would pick... Oh, gosh. Your brother Garrett would be a solid choice. Garrett would be He's a solid built. choice. The Rock? We didn't say we couldn't pick. I would pick. Celebrities. That's true. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I'd probably pick Bear Grylls if he can pick any celebrity. Dude. Or, uh. Why is this so difficult? There's so many different people. Maybe someone like Filthy Rich because they have, like. I didn't even think about that. Anyways. I would pick Paul Reed because his accent would be entertaining enough. Totally. Yeah. In dark times. I like that. Thinking about yeah. my last days, might as well have fun. Yeah. Honestly, Jackson Finley would be a great pick just because I feel like he's so. Uh, <laughs> he's ready. Look at him back there. Intuitive, <laughs> you know? So ready. Intuitive. Uh, Liv. Um, on this platform, I pick Stags for sure. Sorry, Wyatt. <laughs> In this room, I pick Levi. Levi is such like a, he could Good. be in the wilderness for like a month. And He's a little he, climber. Yeah. Grant oh. would not. Levi's my brother, by the way, if you don't know that. <laughs> Grant be out here trying to charm the zombie. Grant would be like, where's Hope? I miss my girlfriend. <laughs> Get me out of here. Where's my mom? I need a hug. Mom, Becky. <laughs> And then outside of the room, I'd probably pick my dad. Yeah. Like, he Big would, Mike. like, not let anyone touch yeah. me to save his life. Yeah, yeah, that's a great choice. Big Mike's the man. Zay? Okay, on the platform, we we'll have to go with Corey. Hmm, let's go. Come on In now. the room? First overall pick. I'm going to go with Kai. Kai's a great Kai's choice. Kai's going to entertain us. Yeah. Totally. You, like, great. laugh a lot. And then outside of the room, I'm going to go with Kevin Hart. Kevin, I can't wait. Him and Jumanji? That's true. He and was killer in Jumanji. In Jumanji. All right, you guys feel like you know your panel now? You good to go? All right. One of the things I wanted to ask, it, and uh, we'll go over to Kenneth first for this, is um, we just got out of the series Half Heart. We were in, there were six messages, six installments of this series, uh, three on Wednesday nights at Bridge Youth, and then three... Um, in our summer weekend uh, conference. So the question is this, what does have heart mean to you? Yeah, so we talked a little bit about how like it means not living any part of your life like half-heartedly. During like Matt Billy's message when we were taking communion, briefly we talked about how like 
Jesus' blood, which like we symbolically taking communion, like what it means for us is that God doesn't count our sins against us. And like in light of that, we offer like our whole lives to God. And that's like our plans, our desires, our future, our talents, our gifts and whatnot. And just going about this like Christian life as somebody who's like been redeemed by Christ, like not half-heartedly in anything, but like genuinely trying to mean with like every fiber of my being that like my life is on my own, but it entirely belongs to this God who saved me. And in our planning sessions when we were creating this series, you kind of like, one of the things that we sort of do is like, all kind of have a big picture thing, and this was an idea that I had, I was like, how hard, what is it, and we, we all kind of just like shout things out, and we're talking over each other, and writing things on a whiteboard and all this, and Kenneth randomly went, I really like this, like, we don't do anything half-heartedly, and that like stuck, and it was like, yes, that's so much of like what this series is going to be all about. Why? What does half-heart mean to you? The first thing that I thought about was a verse from Proverbs, and it's Proverbs 4.23. that says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And the, the thing that I think about with that in correlation to have heart is what do you have a heart for? Huh. And throughout the different messages that we talked about, um, we talked about your campus, those in need, calling your city, your house, your family, and essentially saying, like, do you have a heart for those things? Because essentially, whatever whatever, uh, direction your heart is pointing to, that's going to be the direction of your life. And so if you have a heart for your calling, you're going to have a direction in your calling. You know, if you have a heart for your family, that's where your thoughts and your emotions and your prayers are going to be going towards. So that was really the first thing that came to my mind was that verse specifically for the direction of your life. Let me ask you a youth pastor question. Those of you that don't know, uh, why I was a youth pastor for five years, give or take, and I think I just thought of this sitting in front of our students right now. Um, Okay, so your heart determines the direction of your life. What do you do if you're a young person and you know that your heart is in a direction or maybe in somebody's hands um, that it shouldn't be? And what if your heart's being pulled in a direction that you're like, I know I don't need to be going that way. I don't want to go that way. I want to go in this direction. Well, how do you reorient your heart? God is always going to adhere to a humble heart. So the first thing that you have to do is recognize that your heart is not pointed in the right direction. And, and that's called humility because you realize, oh, wait a minute. I'm not doing something right at this point. My life is going in a direction that I don't want it to go. And ultimately, I chose for it to go in that direction. So you have to have humility to recognize and to admit, not only to yourself, but also to God, like, my my heart is in the wrong direction, you know, I don't want my heart to be in the direction of this relationship, of this, you know, pseudo calling that I thought that I wanted to do because it was going to make me a lot of money, or I thought that I was going to be successful, Um, and I think that's really the first step in God changing the direction of our hearts, and really how we guard our hearts is ultimately by praying to God and saying, God, you know, shut out everything else and only bring to light what it is that you want to bring to light. Because it even says in Proverbs 4, it says, above all else. So essentially, what I get from that is every single day, as soon as I wake up, the first thing that I do is that I'm going to pray, God, guard my heart today. I'm not going to do it when I'm at school already. I'm not going to do it at the very end of the day where it's like, okay, God, like, I'm about to go to bed, so guard my heart now. It's like, well, what about all the rest of the day that you had? You know, was your heart not guarded at that time? So I think the biggest thing is just recognizing, okay, my life isn't headed in the right direction. I put myself in this situation, but I know God, if it's, if my heart is in his hands, 
I'm going to be going in the right direction. Those are, those are Satan's hands um, to be kept. Yeah. And that's really good because Scripture says um, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So treasure being what? Well, I would say that the treasure that we have is primarily found in time, talent, and treasure being finances, right? So where do you spend your time? Where do you give your talents? And where do you spend your money and your finances and your resources? Well, wherever you orient those things, your heart's going to follow them. This is why when we see people who go to church once every seven weeks, it's like, Okay, but you're spending the rest of your time over here in the world, and you're not in connect group, and you're not in community, and you're not in fellowship, and you know, that's why, and we're going to actually talk about, uh, like, Bible studies that these two started, like, you're not in a Bible study with your friends, and you're not in community, and it's like, well, dude, no wonder your heart's beginning to wander from the Lord. So where do you, I would say this, where do you spend your time and your money? Because if you show me where you spend the majority of your time and your money, I'll show you where your heart is. So I don't know who wants to go first in this direction, but what does have heart mean to you? Rock, paper, scissors? Which one makes the flow go better? Rock, paper, scissors. We're going to be here all night. Lord, if you... you all right, Joe, you're up. For me, having heart is having faith. So, huh, this past, so during this like um, whole series, Have Heart, um, all 2022, we've been um, being preparing to graduate, right? And God has been moving me into a um, new way, into um, my new life. And I've been struggling, like, trying to keep my um, friendships because I've been doing, like, a lot of things I should have been doing. So, like, I apologize to you guys if you guys are here or online or whatever. But, um... God has been making me, like, realize, like, I need him and I need to put my faith in him. Because if I don't have my faith in him, then I'm not, I'm going to be completely off the track right. that I need to be on. Right. So, um, to, towards, like, uh, I think it was a couple of days ago, um, our, one of our last days, um, one of the guys I was mentoring from this year, because um, during summer camp last year, God told me to um, step away from basketball because that was something that, you know, like, keeping my talents in and whatever, and um, so I stepped away from that. So this year I started mentoring one of the guys, um, my friend Gage, um, and he signed my yearbook, thanks for being there with me through um, the past two years, and thank you for bringing me closer to God. And I was just like, wow, um, me being obedient to God and stepping away really gave this, my, my, my friend, my brother, um, a pathway to God and leading him closer, and that was, like, really cool to me. Yeah. Totally. That's awesome. Yeah, that's good. That's cool because most people are going to get hags in their yearbook. You know? No, actually, no, it's haggle this year. It's have a great life. Dang. That's like even worse because it's like, have a good life. Like, I don't ever want to see you again. But the reality is 98% of the people you will never see again. Um, talk a little bit, uh, uh, Zay, just about um, just about what it took to step into, what did you say your friend's name was? Gage. Gage. Uh, Gage? Gage. G-A-G-E. Sick. Gage. That's a, that sounds like a... Marvel villain or something. <laughs> Gage. He's got like slick back hair, black hair. Is he tall? Yeah. He's Is he like skinny? No, no, he's big. It's, oh, he's big. Okay. Yeah, he's he's like seen, I was going to say like long, skinny, Loki looking dude. But anyways, um, okay, so tell me the, because you said for me, half heart means faith. What type of faith did it take to step out? Like I'm, I think, what was the very first conversation you had with Gage? Like it probably wasn't like, hey buddy, um, 
I want to lead you. <laughs> you know, like okay. what did that look like? To Actually, um, so during summer during summer camp last year, I got a I got a text from Coach Mike saying, um, oh, I want to train you, Gage, and Tristan. And I was just like, oh yeah. Um, so God isn't taking me while I've been here, and um, I just don't think it's right for me to continue basketball next year. And so he told Gage and DeAndre that, and then Gage texted me saying, wow, I really respect that. So I was like, okay, cool. Do you want to like come to youth with me, like starting next year, like go to church with me, whatever, and then like we like you. Cool. I don't know. But um, after after that conversation, like, he started coming more and more, but then he got more busy basketball. But um, I know that he's going to be on the right path going forward with God because, like, it wasn't me that spoke to him or, like, it was just the Holy Spirit moving through me, yeah. through Coach Mike, to get yeah. to him. Yeah, that's, that's, good. that's really, really cool. Liv, what does half-heart mean to you? For me, it means, like, being more than just a spectator. Um, for me, I played volleyball. I don't play anymore, but um, at our high school. the volleyball players at? Shout out volleyball. Four hands. <laughs> um, I go to Mesa, and our team is, like, not very oh, good. <laughs> um, I'm like, you guys are good. You went to our volleyball games. I think we lost every <laughs> single one. <laughs> you know, it was fun. Cute. When you played Vista. Yeah, that was a little rough. <laughs> Um, I'm not some, like, insane D1 athlete. I'm, like, a well-rounded, like, can play volleyball, like, okay. Um, and I remember, like, conversations that I'd have with our teammates, and they'd be, like, so scared when we'd, like, go play Vista. Like, their girls are D1. We're not. Like, we should just forfeit, like, sit the bench. Like, it's not going to be fun. And I think, like, the same thing is, like, revolved around, like, our life. Like, we can look at, like, callings that God has on our life that way, and we can say, like, well, like, she is, like, like more educated about like the bible or like he knows more he's on a stage and has a mic and can do that and like i'm not at that place like i just go to school and i'm a middle schooler but like you have to look at it like we're all a team we're all on the same team like we can't do like we can't reach our fullest potential as a team if like you're sitting on the bench so like having heart is like fully like playing the game and like being in like wholeheartedly tell me some of the ways that god's challenged you to kind of get off the bench, stop spectating, and get in the game? Yeah, I think, like, most of my high school years, like, I wasn't, like, super involved with church. I actually had kind of walked away. I got, like, hurt by the church and was kind of done. Um, and then coming to Bridge Youth, I think, like, some sparks kind of, like, reignited, and I, like, kind of got back into it. So, like, my senior year, um, the summer before, I really felt called into ministry, and I think that that's, like, what propelled me into the school year to like go into the school year and like make as much change as I could like my I remember like sitting down in my mom's room with her when I came home from camp and telling her like I will invite every single one of my friends to church like that was my goal and I did it and like some of them are like in this that's room that's last day summer camp energy right, right I was like going crazy going to take over the world oh my, like, my whole school going to church I swear yeah and like most of them did and have either accepted the Lord or have, like, reignited their, like, faith. Yeah. So cool. I don't know if we're getting to this later in the conversation. Maybe I'm getting out ahead of myself. Because um, you're talking about having invited a friend to church, having invited a ton of friends to church, letting God use you at your school, as seniors, literally graduating tomorrow. Let's go. I think about how many, like, maybe some of the – the freshmen coming in, how many people are have this sense of fear to live out their faith on their school campus? And I heard once, it's so cheesy, it's so cliche, it's such a preacher move. 
that I say, you know what fear stands for? False evidence appearing real. Oh, like, good Lord. Um, but in a lot of ways, false evidence That's called an acronym. Uh, <laughs> you said one plus two. Uh, but the reality is, it's like, I remember when I got saved, I was like, dang, it's crazy, man. Like, I'm a Christian now. <sighs> I guess I'm going to have to be a dork, you know, because, like, I didn't all, the only Christians I knew were kind of dorky, and I thought, well, there goes, like, I wasn't ever, you know, hear what I'm saying, not what I'm not saying. I was never, like, the cool kid, but I was kind of popular in that I knew everybody, like, I knew, at legit, I knew, like, everybody at my school, and I was like, anybody like this, you're just cool with everybody, like, I, I was a skater, but I knew all the basketball players, I knew the football team, I knew the soccer team, I knew where I grew up, I knew the Vatos, like, I knew the essays, I knew all of them, like, and I was cool, legit, I was cool with everybody, I had problems with nobody, and I was cool with everybody, and so then I, I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, like, everyone's going to hate me, and I'm not going to have any friends, and I'm going to be a dork. And I'm going to spend all my lunch, every lunch I have now, I'm going to spend it at the, the Bible club where I got saved, which was called BASIC, but it stood for Brothers and Sisters in Christ. Another acronym for you, Wyatt. <laughs> yeah, that was most people's response to that Bible club's name. When I got involved, I was like, let's change the name. Um, but uh, talk a little bit about, like, because we talked yesterday over coffee about how, like, the amount of times you guys have invited friends, how many have been like, no, like, screw God, like, and you're the worst, now I'm going to persecute you, you know? Maybe one. <laughs> and then they changed. I know, zero. <laughs> Maybe one, and then they got saved. And they're here tonight, and it, it was actually lit. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, but, like, you know, talking about that, and I know, Zay, like, you you had some stuff even like, you know what, I wish that some of the freshmen would know this when it came to Oh, okay, so, um, coming in as a freshman, like, I grew up in a Christian household, and um, I never really wanted to, like, put my faith, like, out there, so I went through my first three years, like, oh, I'm just going to... I'm just going to live life, you know, whatever happens, happens, and I'm a Christian, like, outside of the church. But then this year, God called me to be a Christian inside of school and everywhere I go. So um, me and a couple of friends, uh, me, Quentin, Levi, and Masoma, we decided to start our own club in, like, October. And then um, at the beginning of the club, we were like, we did it, but we weren't, like, full, like, full-hearted in it. It wasn't until... Um, uh, what was it? Uh, have Heart Week 1. Um, it, went, it went into, like... You have to, like, be full in, like, what you do at school. So when we came back that next day, we had a um, meeting that next Thursday, and um, we j- I just went full in. We all just went full in. We started talking about everything that happened, and, um, and I don't think, like, my senior year would have been the same if I never if we never started this club. Because starting this club really, like, let me see, like, there's people that are scared to, like, um, say they're Christian and, like, put their Christianity out there. But it's like, if you what are you losing? Because I promise you, I did not lose a single thing this year. I probably gained more than I lost. Yeah. Because this year, I've gotten to know a lot more people because of my Christianity. And I've gotten, a lot to know, gotten to know a lot more people because I was just, I accepted who I was. I accepted that I'm a Christian. Yeah. And I accepted that I live for God. And people were like, I respect that. And I'm going to respect you for that. Yeah. I think something to highlight. I the same thing, by the way. People respecting and not disrespecting. Go ahead, Liz. I think something to highlight in that is, like, I think a lot of people think that, like, they're the ones missing out. Like, as Christians, you look at the world and you're like, oh, well, like, they're all at parties. They're having fun. They're doing this. But, like, know that, like, you have what they want and, like, what they're longing after. Like, 
you were designed with a hole in your heart that God created for only him to fill. And, like, they're out in the world, like, searching for, to fill that hole, and you have that. So, like, don't lose that trying to, like, sit in, be cool, like, just be you. Yeah. I can definitely speak to that because um, growing up, seeing my dad as, like, you know, a pastor, like, he never forced Christianity on me, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I just go every day seeing him with, like, the peace he had and the, the relationship we have with God, and I was like, I really want that. And this year I really stepped into having that relationship with God, and I don't think, like, I just wouldn't be the same person I am today without it. Yeah. Having that figure in my life that didn't force Christianity on me, like you said Sunday, not forcing Christianity on the people, but letting them just, like, step into it themselves, meaning, like, the, the trampoline metaphor. Right. So I think having that figure in my life, it really just let me grow and be fruitful with what I have in the Lord. That's so good. And, and I thought that I legitimately thought, like, so many times, like, even now, still to this day, there's times where I'll, like, oh, like, I want to, the Lord, like, challenged me to step out and, like, share my faith with someone or invite somebody to church. And I'm like, oh, man, like, what if they go, like, no, I'm satanic. Like, and they're like, punch me in the face. And I'm like, and we think these things, like, or, like, we think in high school, like, oh, if I tell people I'm Christian, like, I'm going to lose. Yesterday over coffee, I was like, you know, so many, like, young people are concerned about, like, losing, like, friends or popularity. And immediately Zay, like, responded instinctually by going, <laughs> I, like, got more popular when I started yeah, living out my faith. Out. <laughs> it's like, dude, it's, like, crazy because I really think what happens, the enemy convinces you of these false evidences that appear real, going, like, if you, if you live out your faith, well, then you're going to be a dork, and everybody's going to hate you, and you're going to be persecuted, and really, when I got saved, I had people who were, like, I had friend, I had this one friend come to me and go, Corey, I heard the craziest rumor. I heard you became a Christian. <laughs> so wild. Because I was like the last dude that people would think would have gotten saved. And I was like, oh, dude, it's not a rumor. Like, it's true. And he's like, so that means you're not going to. And he starts naming all the things that we used to do together. And I was like, yes, that's what that means. We can still skate, though. And, and he's like, you know what, man? Like, his response was basically, you know what? Respect. Now, that's not me, but like for you, respect. Like, awesome. And that's kind of the response I've always. So before we move on from this, just because I feel like this is like, you know, really, you know, a pertinent piece of the conversation. Anything to add there? Yes. What have you experienced? Have you experienced people legitimately like you suck? Like you're a Christian, lame Well, I wanted to add to that in regards to like you know the freshmen in the room, and not just freshmen, but I feel like people who are in high school right now is don't compromise your faith or your identity yeah. for just a chapter of your life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In a short chapter. Yeah. What, because one of the things that I, that I think about is in Luke 20-something. Yes, I don't right. know, but it's somewhere in there. It's when Jesus is on trial, Peter is in, is in the crowd, Peter's one of the disciples, and he's in the crowd, and there's this girl who notices Peter, and she basically accuses him of, be, of, being a, of, of being a disciple, and he denies it. Another guy comes up, accuses him, denies it. Another guy comes up, accuses him, denies it. And the interesting thing is, is that these people who were in this chapter are never named, and they never show up again. They're, they're, they're not in the next chapter, but yet Peter was so willing to Do compromise his this? faith and his identity so for people good. who weren't even in the next chapter. Yeah. And I feel like for us, and I've been, I've been guilty of it so many times where, where I have been willing to compromise 
my faith and my identity in Christ for people who aren't even going to be in the next chapter of my life, yeah. of, of, of people who are going to be, like, you know, uh, supporting extra, you know, number 35 in the credits of my life. Like, and, and yet I was so willing to deny my faith and my following of Jesus for, for what, you know? Like, like w- within that story, if Peter would have said, yeah, I'm with him, he would have been put on trial with Jesus, and he would have, you know, probably died alongside Jesus. So, so within that, there was, a, there was a real sense of fear, and I feel like with high schoolers, there is a real sense of fear of, like, oh, man, if I say that I'm a Christian, all my friends are going to be gone. I'm going to have to, you know, like what you were saying, like have lunch in a teacher's classroom away from everybody because they're going to be hunting me down because I'm a Christian and all those types of things. But I think it's just a misconception and it's just fear, you know, running our minds. It's a straight up lie of the enemy. Like now here's the thing. Let's all be willing to do that. Like, let's all be willing to, like, sit all by ourselves in, like, our science teacher's class and eat lunch alone. Or that's what it means. Government. Or government. Government. Or whatever. Lauren teaches. English, English was my favorite subject. Um, let's all be willing to do that. But, like, honestly, like, here's five people up here that will tell you, like, it didn't happen. I remember when I first got here and Kenneth and his brother were running the the, um, the Christian club at Chaparral High. I came in and started helping with that club. And dude, that club was like the coolest thing to do all week. Like the kids, like, we'd have a ton of kids come out. And we'd, we'd hang out, we'd do pizza, we'd do games. And be like, dude, all week long we look forward to Thursday because like this is the best thing that ever happens at school. And I was like, well, as a taxpayer, I don't like to hear that. But okay. Um, and, dude, the way, like, picking, I mean, I want to learn because I'm paying for their education as a taxpayer, you know. Um, it's so fun to like like spectate another preacher because like as you were processing that, I was like, I see where this is going. Like this is so good. Like and I'm thinking the way I like like interpreted that and dissected it was like if someone made a movie out of your life, wrote a book about your life, first off what actor or actress would play you, think about that. Um, but like you are bowing to people that in the story of your life wouldn't even be named in the book. Yeah. And like so many of us are like bowing to their opinion. And here's the funniest part. Most of us aren't even bowing to their opinion. We're, about, we're bowing to what we think their opinion is. Like most people aren't like, oh, like I'm living for, I'm living like based off of what other people think about me. No, you're living based off of what you think other people are thinking about you. Yeah. And they're probably not, right? So, anything out there, Kenneth, before we move on? Yeah, I felt like there was, like, a window in my life where I was kind of uh, not walking out everything that it is that everybody was saying up here because there's definitely, like, a chapter in my high school experience where I compromised my faith to get validation from people whose opinions don't really matter. And it kind of allow me to spend, like, this, like, window of life or, like, this, like, like small chapter where, like, I was in high school, like, kind of, like, a waste of time where I had this really unique platform to be able to evangelize to people who didn't know Christ on my campus. And it was kind of weird to, like, comprehend later on how silly it was to think that, like, winning those opinions by doing X, Y, and Z was, like, so important when, like, in the grand scheme of things, it was really, like, not worth it at all. That's right. So, asking all them, what does have heart mean to you? I want you guys to think to yourself, and maybe when you go home tonight, think and pray about it. What does have heart mean to you? What does that look like?
for you and how has God challenged you in this series? Let's maybe hit this next question. Kind of quick, I feel like we could probably just power through this one. What message or week stood out to you most and why? Let's go straight down the line, start with why. Um, I would have to say have heart for those in need. Just because it was it was a message that made you think outside of yourself. Yeah. It was it was a message to make you think, okay, I'm sure I see somebody every single day who's in need, multiple people who are in need. And it was a message that really made you think, or at least for me, it really made me think like, man, how many times do I go throughout my day where I'm just focused on the next thing or I'm focused on like what's right in front of me that I forget about everything that's happening around me, you know? And I feel like with that message, it was a perfect reminder of that. We have a ton of packs that you guys put together for homeless people that we're now passing out to our leaders uh, this coming week and are going to be going out to people in our valley, our community. Super cool. What about you, Kenneth? I think my favorite one was Matt Dudley's um, Heart for the House. I think um, apart from like everything he said about you know unity in the body and like squashing beef and all this different stuff, I love the moment that he allowed at the end during the altar call with communion and just oh, like, the cool opportunity moment. to yeah, just like be able to like take communion with like other people here and like talk and play with students and everybody to just have this like moment at the altar together. Yeah. I thought it was really beautiful. Yeah, that's not a chainsaw coming through the roof. You guys are <laughs> safe. That's our dampener because the air conditioner is going to kick on so that you guys can feel all nice and cool. Liv, what was your favorite week and why? Um, I would say the message on our calling, and Corey, you preached that. Yes. <laughs> um, <Come> on. <laughs> one of the first. Oh, I preached that one too, actually. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> One of the first points that you said was the world needs who God has called you to be. And I think we live in a society of comparison. And I know, like, especially, like, with us seniors, like, it's all, like, where you're going to college, like, what you're doing. And, like, for me, like, I'm staying home, I'm working, I'm doing college online, and I'm doing the internship here at the bridge. I'm yeah, you are. Them. And I- <laughs> And I'm, like, so stoked for it. But I also found myself, like, when... Like, everybody was committing and signing and stuff, thinking, like, wait, like, do I need to be going to a four-year? And I think it's something that, like, as a society is, like, put out. Like, you have to go to a four-year, like, unless – or, like, you won't be successful. But I think that's also a lie of the enemy. Like, God has different callings on all of our lives, and, like, that looks different for our futures. So I think, like, you bringing that up, like – I have to be me, and, like, if I go look at someone else, like, I can't go to Bama because I'm not Zay. And, like, Zay is Zay, and he can't go and stay home and do SOM. Like, we're all ourselves, so, like, you can only be you, so, like, do that to the fullest potential. Yeah. I mean, Zay can stay and do the can, and then SOM Call me elsewhere. I have to go to Bama. But, no, you're right, and here's the thing. Can I just encourage you guys with something, um... And hear what I'm saying, not what I'm not saying. This is in no way specifically a like response to live not doing a four-year university. If that's what God calls you to, go do that. Yeah. But as because I experienced a similar thing when I'm like going to a ministry internship where most of the people in my life was like, What the heck are you doing? Like, are you crazy? Like, are you and just know like when God puts some big crazy faith like calling in front of you and you begin to walk it out, you cannot expect faithless people to understand faith decisions. Yes. 
So when you're like, I'm going to start a club at my school, and we're going to get a bunch of people saved, and God's going to work on a public school campus? Yes. It's not going to work. Okay, you're not a person of faith. You're not going to understand when I start making faith moves, okay? So don't look around to the faithless people in your life to, like you know, motivate and support your faith decisions. Probably what they'll do is they'll go, hmm, even though I respect that, it doesn't really make sense to me. So just a little tidbit for you. Zay, what was your favorite week and why? Before I get into my favorite week, I have to say something that lives. Like yours, it goes exactly with Genesis 12 when God called Abraham to go away from home. Mm-hmm. That was like, that's like, um, well, not for you, but it's like for more for me. God is calling me to go away to like Alabama and go do what He ha- do what He has for me to do. Yeah. And like you can't you can't compare what like I have to do compared to what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's what I was thinking about when you were talking. Mm-hmm. For me, um, mine was uh, Have Heart Week One. Um, that was when Elliot preached, and um, his overall question was: If you want to be effective in reaching the world around you, you have to. And then he had three different uh, points under that. The point that stood out the most is our obedience allows others the opportunity to see Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's when it just, like, clicked for me. That's when, I, that's when me and my friends, we got together, we were like, we need to start having our, like, um, our meetings. Mm-hmm. They need to be meaningful. And then we went up to Canada and we were like, we need you to make a, um, we need you to make a graphic post so we can post it online. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have more people come so we can yeah. spread the word. Yeah, yeah that's good. That's awesome. Uh, it's obvious. It's like one of those things. You know what teachers go, Lauren, why do you guys do this? There's no dumb questions. Yes, there are. There are stupid questions. Stupid. Yeah, there's stupid questions. There definitely are. Uh, stupid question. Uh, do you wish you had that revelation earlier in high school? Most you definitely. Tell you your Most definitely. Yeah. Totally. Please. Like, incoming freshman, sophomore, junior, about, those of you about to be seniors, one of the biggest things as a believer that you're going to do is you're going to look back on your high school years and realize that you just left you're the largest missions field that you'll ever be on. Yeah. There's some of you who are like, I want to go to, you know, I want to go on the missions trip to Africa with Kenneth and his family, and, like, we got to build a church in Africa, and it was so dope. There was more people on my high school campus than any of the churches that I got to preach in in Africa. Yeah. I want to go and, you know, go to this third world country, or I want to go here, and God sent me on missions and around the world. The biggest missions field you'll ever be on is your high school. Like, you're never going to be around that many people every single day for the rest of your life. So don't miss the opportunity that's right in front of you. Jumping straight into the next question. Um, how did God speak to you and challenge you through this series and through Summer Weekend? What? Um, I think I kind of answered it in the last question of just shifting my perspective away from myself and pointing it in the direction of those who are around me. Um, to talk about perspective... I'm going to share a quick story, but it'll all make sense, Please I do. promise. And it's really quiet in here. It's kind of weird, but I kind of like it at the same time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to like probably like jump in when I see where your story's going and how you're going to connect it as a preacher. And I'm like, oh, come on! Real, recognize real. So Miranda and I, when we first got married, we were going over to Menifee to go to the Super Target over there. How many of you guys love Target? Come on! Yeah. Um, I'm going to spend That was like the most like, like quiet, like, what? I'm <laughs> not excited. Guys, nobody's sleeping in the other room. You guys can get loud. Like they're still concerned about the chainsaw coming through the room, right? Um, no. So, so we were going to Target, and I, I didn't feel like driving. I just didn't. So, so Miranda drove. I was in the passenger seat, and we're getting on the freeway. And Miranda says, 
I hate merging on the freeway. And I was like, why? She's like, because I never know when to merge in. And I was like, well, that's a great thing to hear from your driver who's about to go onto the freeway. You definitely want them to say that. But we made it onto the freeway, and we're going through, like, the, the 215. We're passing through Marietta going to Menifee. And I'm looking out the window to my right, and I'm seeing all these mountains. I'm seeing this whole, you know, valley. It's really nice. The clouds are, are there, but it's still, like, sunny, right? There's blue skies. And I, I said to Miranda, I was like, man, like, I've never realized or noticed how beautiful it is over on this side. Like, I, I just never noticed. And she was like, well, yeah, it's because you're always looking this way. I knew where you were going with that. And, that and I, I had a moment where I, I kept my, my vision where I was looking at, right? I kept on looking out the window, and I was like, wait, can you repeat that one more time? And then she was like, well, you're always driving, so you can only look in one direction. And I realized that every time that I take that road, I never notice this beauty or these mountains or all these things that are happening around me. Yeah. But just because I don't notice them, it doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that those things don't exist. Yeah. And so when it comes to the message of having a heart for those in need, yeah. like just because I'm not noticing them doesn't mean that they don't exist anymore. Right. And for us to realize, and really for me to realize too, that every time that I'm on my way to work, there are people in need. Yeah. Every time that I'm at work, there are people in need. Every time that I am out and about, yeah. th th there are people who are in need. And just because my focus is in one direction, it doesn't take away that there's ultimately people yeah. who are in need. Yeah, that's so good. And, and speaking into that, like, what if God's called you to something? What if there's someone in need that needs you? What if someone in your, let's, you know, down, go down through the whole series. What if there's a calling or here in the city or house, family, campus? God's got something right in front of you, but you're too busy doing your thing and living your life and the daily grind and your sports and your passions and your dreams and your wants and your desires that you're not even noticing that which God has placed right around you. And here's the thing, like what Liv and Zay were saying, Zay's got his calling. He's going to Alabama. Liv's staying here and doing There's some things that like, like, if you, I don't know, like I cannot like theologically confirm or deny this, but maybe there's some things that literally only you can do because there's literally only one of you in the history of the world. Right. And you might just be missing it because, well, you got the blinders on. Yeah. Kenneth, what was your favorite uh, week? And uh, Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, how did this series speak to you, challenge you, um, in even not just the series, but Summer Weekend as well? Yeah, for me personally, I loved the calling message because within it, I was given like a really well-timed and potent reminder about like the call. Can you say it potent is. again? Potent. But can you say it like you did the first time? Potent. 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 <laughs> I like it. Potent. Yes, sir. But uh, God just gave me a like, this really like eye-opening reminder about like this heart that He's given me that brings the students and that heart which prompts me to serve the students in my life the way that I do. And then also within that message, an eagerness to see. The students that I serve walk out their own callings, which it is that God's placing on their lives as well. Yeah. That's really cool. Liz, uh, what about you? What was uh, how this series on Summer Weekend challenged you? How does that speak to you? I'd have to agree with Kenneth um, Elliot's message on our calling. Um, one of his first points was um, don't let the pressure over your calling take you out. And I think for me, like there was a time that when I was called into ministry, I felt like a lot of pressure and I was like, this is like a lot to do and I felt like really stressed. Um, 
And the Lord actually reminded me of a verse, Philippians 1, 6. And it says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And I think that, like, the reminder of that, like, there's a difference, he said, between pressure and privilege. And that difference is preparation. And, like, in that, that means, like, being in your word, like, asking the Lord for clarity on things. Like, I think that at that time, like, I wasn't doing all that I could to be preparing, like, for the future that I have ahead of me. Um, so I think it was, like, a really good reminder for me. So, uh, for me, it was God gave me the challenge of leaving for college and um, deepening my roots before I left. So the uh, first that came up for me was Proverbs 3, uh, 5 through 6. So it's, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Yeah. So I just, I just, that was, like, my my clicker. I was just like, you know what? I'm giving it all to God. There's nothing that I'm going to hold on. Every little piece of me is going to be it's going to be for him and he's going to lead me wherever I have to go. Yeah. That's good. If you get anything out of half heart, get that. Yeah. God, like, everything that I have, all that I am, everywhere I'll go, it's all in your hands. Last year, that, that's half heart. Last year, our summer weekend series was Kingdom Over Everything. That's that same, in that same vein. It's like, all that I am, all that I have, everything I'll ever do, God, it's all in your hands. I trust you. I'm going to live kingdom over everything. God, here's my heart as I live kingdom over everything. That's so good. Band, as you guys start heading up to get ready, um, let's talk about this. Uh, we'll potentially close down on this question. Um, why do you guys think so many settle for a mediocre, average, ordinary life? Why? I think... At the end of the day, mediocrity boils down to laziness. And I think the instant satisfaction that you get from being lazy outweighs the delayed satisfaction that you get from living a life with all your heart. Because when you're lazy and when you decide to procrastinate on your homework, it feels good, right? Like, I get to sleep, I get to play video games, I get to, I get to you know, go do something else other than have to focus on my homework, but it's going to be really terrible when the test comes up and you don't know anything, <laughs> right? Like, like that's, that's like panic mode, right? I've, I've, I've been there before. They both said, yeah, government. And my first thought was, wait, you mean the class that you FaceTime me from every morning on my job to work and we mess around? We can explain. We can? Like, always, you know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Back to white but, preacher. And, and, and ultimately, it's a delayed satisfaction when you live your life with all your heart, right? Because when you put in the work, when you put in the effort, when you, in a very practical way, when you study for the test, you're not going to get that instant satisfaction, right? right? It's going to be difficult. It's going to be tough. Um, I think about it, too, in terms of, like, working out. Like, when you, when you hit the gym... And when you get back home and you can't even, like, lift your arms properly because of how uncomfortable you are, like... Me and Kenneth know exactly what you're talking about. Exactly. That's a sign that you just had a great workout, right? Because literally your muscles are creating small tears, and as it heals over time, that's how your muscles and that's how you... uh, that's how you essentially get stronger. But it's not satisfaction, yeah. right? But it's a delayed satisfaction. Yeah. Satisfaction is, I'm not going to go to the gym today. I'm going to stay at home. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat junk food, right? Satisfaction is not eating a salad. Satisfaction is, let me have some... The first thing I thought about was, you know, like ice cream or like chocolate cake or something like that. But 
like totally junk food, that's instant satisfaction. But the delayed satisfaction that you get out of working out, studying, um, serving God even, that's greater and that's more satisfying ultimately than than the instant satisfaction that you get from living a mediocre life. I think it's just easier. It's easier to say no. It's easier to just to just live that sort of life. It's easier to just follow the crowd. It's easier to not do the thing that God is calling you to do. But we don't understand that it's not more satisfying. It might be easier, but it's not more satisfying. And I don't like that they're playing behind me. It's I so perfect, bro. It was so good. But I think that's why. It's easier, but it's not more satisfying at the end of the day. And Jesus says, the thief comes, John 10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you may have life. And I like the few different versions. One says that you may live life to the fullest. Another one says that you may live a satisfying life. Another one says that you may have life and life in abundance. And like, it's so true. Like, laziness and doing nothing's way easier. Not stepping out in faith and starting a, a club at your campus, that's just easier. To just go eat your chicken sandwich and sit down on the same bench as you have for the last three years. That's just easier. Kenneth, um, why do you think that so many settle for mediocre, average, and ordinary life? No, lo- or no lie, I wrote down the exact same answer. Yeah. I wrote down the because often I think it's easier to... Like, if you have two decisions in front of you, I was actually talking to a student, like, a couple months ago who, like, had to make, like, a pretty big decision, and without knowing it, they tricked themselves into thinking that, like, the easier one was the right one just because it, like, fueled laziness, and it wasn't until, like, they realized that they only picked, like, that decision because it was easier, like, it's like, why did they, like, misled themselves into thinking that it was, like, the right decision to make, when, in fact, it was, like, the wrong one. It just, you know, fed laziness and mediocrity. I think we live in a society that's like very self-centered. Like a lot of what we like do say act is like what we want to do like self-love is so normalized. Like we look at life through a lens of self and like what's going to make us feel good and us feel comfortable and like I feel like when we have these assignments on our life from God, like, we all have callings in our lives, but, like, the baseline is, like, we're all called out to go make disciples, and if you, like, look at that through a lens of self, you're automatically, like, your brain is going to flip and say, like, well, if I go invite that new kid to church, like, that's going to be awkward for me, or, like, if I go over and ask that kid to sit with us at lunch, like, that's uncomfortable, and it's, like, me, 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 like, how is this going to make me feel, but, like, the Lord's not challenging you to do that for you, you know, he's challenging you to do that for him, and to, like, further his kingdom, and, like, he never promised it was going to be easy, like, it's going to be hard, it's going to be difficult, like, he went through all the same stuff, too, when he came, like, in flesh, and he experienced that all, and I think that, like, in our society today, we've lost sight of that, because we're looking at, like, a kingdom-minded assignment through a worldly lens. Right. It's really good. Like, you need to take all of that, write it down, because that's going to be a message you're going to preach with it. Zay? Um, it's definitely just holding on to certain parts of your, of your, of your life. Um, people, like, they want to hold on to, like, some parts of your life and be like, God, you have, you know, this part, this part, maybe this part. But let me let me say something to the incoming freshmen and the incoming J-Hires. Um, guys, 
it's really easy to be like, oh yeah, I'm not going to say anything about my Christianity, I'm just going to hide in the shadows. But take it from me, like, now that I'm leaving high school and I'm going into the real life, like, I'm going to go into the real life letting everybody know, like, yeah, I'm a Christian and I'm living for God. And going through my middle school, my high school days, I never really did that. And, like, you're not going to lose anything from it, I promise. And if you lose friends because of it, they're not your friends. Yeah. You're going to find your real friends. again, <laughs> If you lose friends because of it, they're not your real friends. Yeah. You're going to find your real friends here, and you're going to, and if friends follow you here, those are your real friends. Yeah. Those people that are going to stay with you for life. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. That, that's just, I don't know. That's good. So I, as soon as you started that out, I started thinking, so what's God calling you to let go of? What's God calling you to let go of? Because I said on um, one of the messages, I said um, you can't you can't grab a hold of something new if you're still holding on to the old. So what's God calling you to let go of? Not I, I didn't really prep you guys for this, but very last thing, almost series in a sentence, closing statement. If you had to say, if you had to leave the students at the end of half part, this is the Last time we'll talk about this series like this and in this format from this platform, um, in one statement, what would be your closing statement that you'd want to leave with everybody? I'm going to go to you, Wyatt. Sure. I'm not ready for that. You're the preacher. I'm not ready for that. The last statement, like from this series, and what I would give you. Oh, man. Um, I would have to say, don't. Be afraid of giving God all of your heart. Good. And I don't know how else to continue with that without getting somewhat emotional because I feel like I've lived a good portion of my life where it's like I've given God my heart and I'm still holding on to it, you know? And it's like this really weird analogy where, or like this really weird illustration that I see where, like, God is technically holding it, but I'm also holding it. Too, you know, and at any point I can just take it away. At, at any point I can just say, "All right, we're 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 done with that." You know, like if I get uncomfortable, if people don't like my opinion, if people don't, you know, if I don't want people to know that I'm a Christian, like I'm just going to take that away from God ultimately. And like, it's crazy to think about that. Ultimately, like Jesus gave his whole heart. And yet, I'm just holding it over God's hand, saying, like, you know, like, hey, if you can get it, right? Like, I, I think it just came to mind that weird Geico commercial where the guy has the has the hook and he has the dollar at the end of it, and he's like, I got a dollar, and they try to get it, and his, and then he pulls it away. He's like, oh, oh, not quick enough. And it was almost like I was doing that with God and with my own heart, and ultimately, Jesus in the midst of everything, gave up everything that he had, ultimately for me just to hold my heart over God's hands. And I don't want you guys to go through that, and I don't want you guys to have to, to, have to live with those sort of thoughts, thinking like, man, I did that, you know? Like God's hands are hands that you can trust. It's really dangerous to have two sets of hands on one steering wheel. I think the one thing that I can pull away from the series is like not being afraid to let these messages like radicalize you a little bit. Um, and that sentence that I brought up at like the start of the message about how Christians often say like my life is not my own, 
but it entirely like belongs to the God who saved and redeemed me. Like trying to mean that like as sincerely as you possibly can, and, like walking it out every day as you possibly can. I feel like a life lived like that radically for God leaves like no regrets. And I feel like there's like no. I was talking to somebody about this recently. I can't remember who, but we were talking about how like the worst feeling on the planet is regret. Like, have you ever been like a, right about to fall asleep? And you like remember like the mistake that you made in like fifth grade, and then oh, your like eyes like pop open, and like your heart immediately hurts, and you can't sleep because you remember like embarrassing yourself in like sixth grade or whatever it is. Like regret is like the worst feeling on the planet, and I feel like the things that like God like tells us to do and asks us not to do, if we could like live in obedience to them, like God is like trying to eliminate that feeling like as much as possible, and trying to like usher us into like this. Like extremely like beautiful and satisfying like abundant life, and if you could just live as like radically and like fearless for God as possible, and that involves just like not living life half-heartedly and saying like my life is not my own, but it entirely belongs to the God who like saved me. I have to say, like, whatever God is calling you to, go do that, like, all in, all out. And I know, like, that was a word for our team this month. Um, but I think it's so true. Like, whatever God is calling you to do, if He's calling you to, like, go start a club on your campus, if He's calling you to, like, go invite your parents to church on a Sunday, like, whatever it may be, small, big, like, however scary it is, like, just say yes to Him, because, like, the reward of that. Is so much greater than anything that you could imagine. Um, I would be have a heart for God and not for the world because God would never God would never fail you, but the world will. Yeah. Because for me, it's like um, I always look for like advice from other people, and I never like instead of having my first reaction go to God and go to my book and like go read. I always like ask other people for their opinions. I let other people's opinions like run my life, and that's like a really big problem that I have, and I'm trying to fix that because I've ruined a lot of relationships and friendships because of that. But now that I'm like here in like this whole series, it's really flipped my life upside down because now I'm really putting God in the driver's seat. I'm saying, God, you have my whole heart and nothing but my heart. You have my whole life. I, I really want God to like take my life and just drive away with it because. I don't want it. I don't want it for myself because the world's gonna get to it. And the world's gonna be able to steer it away from it. And the only thing I really have to say is just let God have your heart and let Him have your emotions and let Him think for you. There's an analogy that I heard about that. Like, there's like a car and like you can choose where you're sitting. And I think like so many of us are in the driver's seat and God's in the passenger. And you can be like, oh, like this is my life. Like I'm gonna do what I want with it. But there comes to a place where you have to decide, like God, I don't even want to be in the car. Like you take it where you want it. Like I'll be in the trunk for all I care. Like, like you are gonna drive it to places that I can never drive it. This is what I was thinking about when Wyatt was talking about when Miranda was driving. Um, Wyatt, that's like being in the passenger seat while God is driving, and you can see all the wonderful things around you. If you let God drive you where you have to go, you're going to be able to see all the amazing things that God has made and God has done, and you're going to be able to live your life for God because you're letting Him drive. Right. It's good. Our pastor says it like this all the time: God has better plans for your life than you have for your own. God can write a way better story with your life than you can write on your own. So right now, in just a few moments, you're going to get the opportunity to take the pen of your life. Put it in God's hands, 
and let him write the next chapter. Before we pray, can we just say thank you to this panel sharing their hearts tonight? Would you guys pray with me? God, you're so good and we love you. God, thank you, thank you for what you challenged us with tonight and through this whole series, God. I pray that every single heart in this room would be settled right here and right now to say, I'm not going to live a life of mediocrity. I'm not called to the average, ordinary, run-of-the-mill, typical, stereotypical teenage narrative. God, I know that you have more for me. So God, I pray every single heart in this room would be beating for that more, that abundant life that, God, you say is made available to us. Soften every heart in this room tonight, right here, right now. Heads bowed and eyes closed. If, if you're in here and you would say, Corey, I want that life. I want, like, like Wyatt was saying, I, I want to let go of the stranglehold I have on my heart and I want to surrender it, like Zay was saying, completely to God and holding nothing back. If that's you tonight and you want to move forward, give your life to Christ, you want to put your heart in His hands, you want every single mistake you've ever made to be forgiven, your sins washed away. If that's you, I want you to respond in a simple way. In just a few moments, I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I just want you to lift your hand, put it right back down. Don't worry about what anyone else is doing. This is your moment. This is your time. Every single person on this platform had their moment where they've made the same decision. This is your moment. When I get to three, you just lift your hand, throw it back, right back down. Every head bowed, every eye closed. One, two, three, go. All this is so many hands. God bless you. Best decision you'll ever make with your life. Thomas. Hey, let's do this. Let's pray together. Would you repeat these simple words right after me? We're a family here at Bridge Youth, so we pray together. Would you say this right out loud, whether you're watching online or you're in the room? Say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a Savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart I give you my life. I give you everything. From this day forward, I'm going to follow you. Thank you for receiving me, and thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? Hey, um, if you just made that decision, you just prayed that prayer, it's the best decision you could ever make with your life. We don't want you to do this journey alone. We have a free gift for you called The Next Seven Days. It's seven videos. It'll be me on your phone just walking you through the next week of your faith journey. All you got to do, go to our Instagram, at bridgeyth underscore, DM us the words next seven, and we will handle the rest. One more time, can we welcome people into God's family? Hey, would you stand to your feet? Would you head to the front? I think that one of the best ways that we can let all of the stuff you just heard, we all talked way too long, but boy, was it good. Um, one of the best ways that we can let this kind of cement in our hearts, God solidify it, is to worship. And maybe what you need is just three or four minutes of that process of saying, God, here's my heart. I'm letting go, and you can have it. You can have all my heart. Everything that I am, it belongs to you. So whether you're up at the front or maybe you're going to worship at your seat, would you stand to your feet right there where you're at? Would you close your eyes? Would you lift your hands? Forget about who's around you. God, all that we are belongs to you. We give you our whole heart. I pray in Jesus' name that every single person in this room would be determined to never settle for less, to not live a life of mediocrity, but rather, God, to put their whole life and their entire heart in your hands. 
because you can write a better story with our life than we can. You have better plans for us than we have for ourselves. So do what only you can do. I pray in this moment, right here, right now, those of us who haven't fully surrendered, this would be a moment of surrender. For those of us who need to hear your voice to propel us into all that you have for us, we hear you right now. We worship you. Jesus' name.